Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Political Straight Talk. And tonight, the political superman is on hiatus. It is the boisterous and ever all-knowing political Batman. (laughs) So, political Batman is here by special request from my niece. We had a discussion about uh, who I liked better. I told her Batman, and she wanted to know why I was the political Superman. So, for one not only, ladies and gentlemen, political Batman. All right. So tonight we're going to be dealing with the proverbial batarang and a few other things. So for those of you out there that know street slang, you don't know me. (laughs) I'm just saying, though, you don't know me. Evidently, they have determined that those statements are fighting words in urban areas when... The term, you don't know me, is a confrontational term, has been since the 90s when it was created, and the truth of the matter is that it's not a fighting word, it's not a fighting phrase, and that kook, crazy woman, is exactly that, a kook and a crazy woman. And the fact that the former Baltimore mayor, which Baltimore mayor should tell you something there, wants to come out and and basically try to challenge uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders to a fight shows what politics has delved into since 2016. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is this, that number one, both of those ladies made a threat towards the press secretary of the United States. Yep. Okay, they <laughs> they don't know it yet, but they're having a bad day, number <laughs> one. Number two, there comes a point in time that this crap has to stop, mm-hmm. okay? This was not, you know, nobody went after Obama's people. Nobody went after, you know, yeah, there were people upset with Obama. There were people upset and said a few things that... Um, Shouldn't have been said, but nothing no. with the hatred and visceralness of which people have chosen to go after Donald Trump's group of people. And I'm going to tell you, and a Republican strategist said it best the other night on uh, the Communist News Network, that you know people aren't going to want to work in... Uh, politics if they know that they're going to become targets if the guy or gal that they've supported gets elected and people don't like them. 
And why would you put yourself out there like that? And oh, so well. then, then you lose good political analysts and good political people. The good people will no longer go and attempt to fight and make a difference because they don't want their families ruined. Okay? And they don't want their lives ruined, and they don't want to have the stress and strain that people who has had their lives ruined by politics has to deal with. And it's pathetic. Because if the shoe were on the other foot and Republicans were doing this to the Democrat, to Hillary, oh my gosh. Mm. Okay, it would be a scream and yell fest by every leftist liberal group in the United States. And just to be quite honest, I'm getting sick of it. I've been sick of it, but I'm really sick of it now. And the fact that these people, listen, like him, don't like him, he was elected, and that's that. Just like the guy before him was elected, and the guy before him was elected, and so on and so forth. All the way back to when Jorge Washington first took the oath of office in Philadelphia. So for people to try to undermine the will of the American people shows their utter disrespect and disdain for the Constitution of the United States. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these people would willingly go around and destroy the Constitution is pathetic. If you don't like Donald Trump, then you vote against him in 20 and 20. You don't try to undermine the entire constitutional process because you don't think he should have won an election. And to coin the phrase that Obama used quite eloquently a couple of times during his term, we won, you lost, and elections have consequences. And that's that. And that is only part one of my rant that you will get to hear this evening for uh, (laughs) Boss Lady got to hear part of this this morning. So she's well aware some of this is coming. Second rant, and by the way, everybody who gets their chance to respond, just chillax and don't worry. Second part of my rant, slavery. And I know everybody within the sound of my voice is slapping their head and going, dull. he's about to go there. Yes, I am. And I'm going to tell you why I'm about to go there. Slavery ended the day that President Abraham Lincoln signed a little piece of paper called the Emancipation Proclamation. That was the forceful keeping of individuals as slaves. It's over was done. It took a couple of generations to get that mindset out, okay, and to get people into thinking independently and wanting to be successful. But fast forward the clock to 150 years plus, and you have people still whining about slavery. So let I, your wonderful host, the temporary political Batman, set a few things straight for you. Number one, you are only a slave if you choose to be. 
And you can be a slave in way more ways than being in a coat and tie running the house for the master. You can be a slave by allowing yourself to be in poverty. You can be a slave by allowing yourself to be governed by a political party that wants to see you live in the ghetto. You are enslaved when you depend on people. Uh, You are after... You are enslaved when you become dependent on the government teat. I was having a conversation this morning about how if you go into areas that are primarily minority, or let's just call it the way it is, primarily black, you will find that most of those areas are not well kept. Run down, trashy, uh, tends to be slightly higher crime rate. Does that mean all the people that live there are bad? No. It means that they have allowed the generational stereotypes and the stigmatism to continue generation after generation after generation. Because you may not be able to afford the best house in Bell Mead or on the west side of Little Rock, but you can take care of your area and take care of your space and take pride in what you have and who you are, whether you live in the projects or not. And so when Kanye stands up and says that slavery is a choice, he's right. You choose to be enslaved. No matter the color of your skin, you choose to be enslaved. It just so happens that the majority of blacks are enslaved by circumstances created by generations of welfare syndrome, generations of, hey, everybody owes me something because my ancestors were this or that. Well, I got news for you. When the last person on this earth that owned a slave died, that was over. When the last slave that was physically owned by an individual back in the 1860s, when they finally passed away in the early 1900s, anything that was owed to anybody is over. And you become accountable for your own actions. So if today you are a slave, Kanye is right. It is by a choice. And I don't give a damn what color your skin is. If that's what you choose, then you deserve the consequences of which you get. Life is 10% what you make it, 90% how you take it. Suck it up, buttercup. End of rant part two. Now, rant part four is going to take us a good chunk of the way through the program. So before I get into rant number three, got some good news today. A federal judge finally managed to talk to his wife this morning. He removed his testicles from her purse, and he inserted them in the correct location. And he went to court. And when Mueller's bunch come up asking for 70 pairs of search warrants, which, by the way, I find it interesting, it was 70 pair or a 35 pair of search warrants. And the Manafort issue, the judge is like, look, 
You don't seem to be after Russian collusion with this because you don't give a damn about the wire fraud. They transfer one case to New York, keep another case in Virginia. Why do you think that is? I can tell you why it is. They want them to flip because this is no longer about collusion. I don't think it's been about collusion since day one. I think it's about usurping the will of the voter. And I'm going to tell you, with every day that goes by, more and more Americans are waking up to what's going on. The black community doubled in their support of the president, and I think they're going to find out that the Uncle Toms aren't on the side that support the Republicans. The Uncle Toms are on the other side that blindly follow people that would rather keep a whole nationality, a whole, well, a whole group of people downtrodden because if they weren't, they wouldn't get votes. So this judge today finally decides to put into question what everybody else is thinking. And I guarantee you he's going to throw that case out. We've got people coming across the borders trying to get asylum. Okay? Democrats don't understand. They want those votes. They want the Hispanic votes. And yes, they'll get them. But at what cost? Because at the end of the day, there's still more red-blooded Americans that are sick of seeing this crap go on day in and day out. And if you think people aren't paying attention, they are. The shock value of some of this stuff. Trump, for whatever his faults are, does do a good job of putting the shock value on it to people. And then people sit around and think about it for a few days, and the next thing you know, they're like, you know what? This guy was right. He can't keep his pecker in his pants, but he does know what he's talking about. I think we had a president that couldn't keep his pecker in his pants not too long ago. (laughs) And the very people that are screaming at the top of their lungs to kick this president out for something he may or may not have done before he was president were the same ones yelling at the top of their lungs the thing that he did do while he was president. All because there's an R in front of his name instead of a D. But there are areas in this country where people are woefully unprepared and woefully inept. And this is going to take me into rant number four. I'm going to come back to rant number three at the end of the program. But rant number four. If Those of you that have been paying attention, several schools' reports are out about the proficiency of reading, math, and overall comprehension. And all kinds of districts were tested and reported in this report. But there's more to this. So I went digging to find other school systems, okay? And we have on here, I'm going to start with Detroit because I'm I'm just, I could not believe this number when I saw it. 5% 
of eighth graders can pass math, is proficient in math. 5% of that school district. 7% of that school district can read proficiently for an eighth grade level. So, of course, that gets me to thinking about other states. So I went and dug up Tennessee. I dug up Arkansas. I dug up Vermont. I, I picked random ones and dug them up. Doesn't get much better. Does not get much better. 23% of 8th graders in the top performing school district in the state of Tennessee. 23%. And they're proud of that. So, as many of you know, and I, I try to always be upfront about this, I am not a huge fan of the public school system. Okay? As a matter of fact, it suit me. If the public school system didn't exist, because it is doing all of us a disservice. But I have thought about what can we do? So in the confines of having to keep a school system, public school system, I sat down and come up with some suggestions. Number one, the money that a school district gets on top of their core curricula is based solely on performance. All, and I do stress all, teacher raises or incentives are based solely on student performance. Now, there's going to be those that complain that there's children that are mentally handicapped or never going to be this, never going to do that. That can be factored in in an equation to offset that, but at the end of the day, you want to change this crap. Get rid of Common Core. Common Core's got to go. There are those that believe this started with Common Core. It did not. This started way back in the in about the mid-90s before Common Core started making its rounds. Okay? And we started to see a downturn. So, we, number one, take away all teacher raises, and if they want to raise, then they teach their rate. It can be done. And I guarantee you, if these teachers had all of their raise tied to performance, these students wouldn't be getting by with just, hey, let's teach to the test. Number two, in the school systems, we need to hold the parents accountable, too. Parents need to be held just as accountable as the teachers. And I don't want to hear any of this bull crap about parents have to work, and parents have to do this, and blah, 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 blah. 
If a parent cannot read, then you offer after school and you teach the student and the parent both. Get them involved. And tie Johnny's performance to the parents showing up. They'll show up. Come up with a solution to help everybody all around. It doesn't cost any more money to offer the tutoring services. Make it convenient to where the parent and the student can participate. And I guarantee you the reward will far outweigh any headaches getting it off the ground. Take all lottery money in the United States that is earmarked for education across these states and put it to education not to some half-baked idea that we're going to send every adult to school and the lottery is going to pay for it. Okay? I have no problem with with money being put into the school system for technology, books, whatever we need. And by the way, the books don't need to be slanted like the one I read. I read a chapter out of a book that's about to be or they're trying to get adopted into the school system that makes President Trump look like a buffoon. Okay? Another thing, and this one, again, is going to tick people off, but facts are facts. If a child is in this country illegally, they should not be receiving a public education at my expense. Don't like it? Tough. They're not supposed to be here to begin with, so if they're not supposed to be here, then I shouldn't have to pay for it. Sign Nora. But the most important thing is to get Common Core out of our school systems and to fully scrap No Child Left Behind. Children know today that they don't have to pass. They're going to be scooted on up. Back when I was going to school, we knew. We didn't do our stuff. We would fail. And then all your buddies move on. You're left sitting there in the whatever grade again next year. They'll be laughing at you. And they'll be, hey, look, that child got left behind. Definitely, education needs to be addressed. Is there any one answer that's going to work? No. But I do know the one thing that will work, and that's parents to get up off their ass, turn down the TV, put down the remote, and get involved in what your kids are doing in the schools. It's interesting. I had a parent tell me one time that they were just shocked at how bad their kid was doing in school. Okay. Why are you so shocked? You talk to your kid? Well, yeah, I talk to him every day. Did you ask them how they're doing in school? Yeah, they said they're doing fine. Did you check their grades? No. Did you follow up with the teacher to see if they were doing what they were supposed to be doing? Well, the teacher never sent anything home. Do you think that kid's going to give you the note? I spend hours and hours talking about education and trying to push education because it is one of the most important things that we as parents can do for our children. 
and that our children can do for us. Because an education and the foundation of an education will set the tone for your life. Now, is everybody afforded a great education? No. But can everybody be afforded a good base of an education? Yes. Does that mean they're going to be successful in life? No. Just like I know people that don't have education that are very successful. But that is the exception and not the norm. And until people wake up and realize the answer to these problems aren't school boards. The answer to these problems aren't throwing more money at these school systems. Any school board member that adds money to a budget of a school system without calling for a line item audit and for without demanding that test scores increase or that, and, and I'm not even going to say test scores, I'm going to say proficiency scores, increase by at least 10 points across the board each year, should be fired. They should be removed from the school board and kicked out. Because this isn't about more money. This is about taking the money that we have and being good stewards with that money and making sure that we get the educational buck or educational bang for the buck. And we're not... Teachers, and and hear me out before everybody goes berserk on this statement, teachers are woefully overpaid. What the hell you mean you're overpaid? No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they are. Teachers are overpaid. And I'm going to tell you why they're overpaid. Every morning they get up, they go to a classroom. They have a lesson plan. They didn't put that damn lesson plan together. Common Core did. Because they're teaching to take a test that they've already taken, by the way, uh, in this state. And, uh, by the way, they're not going to use any of the test results. They've already passed a uh, law that holds everybody harmless to those test scores. So there's no point in those tests. But my point being is that until teachers are turned loose, and listen, I have no problem with the teachers. I do have a problem with some of the teachers, uh, which we're going to get into here in a moment. Uh, but I'm going to tell you that until we turn those teachers loose and allow them to educate and inspire our children, they are woefully overpaid because all they are are test proctors. More importantly, all they are are daycare providers that proctor tests ever so often. If you want good teachers, let them teach. If you want good teachers, break the back of any teachers' union in your state. Until you break their back, you will not have good teachers because they protect the shitty teachers and the good teachers want no part of it. You want good teachers? Give them a reason to teach. Let them know that you as the parent and you as the administrator and you as the school board have their back. Right now, they don't. I spoke to a teacher today that's been a teacher for 26 years 
and she tells me that she feels like nobody has her back, that her classroom is run, it's basically the inmates are running the asylum, and there is nothing she can do. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is despicable. I'm going to bring my sons on one week, and I'm going to have them explain what happens when you decide to be a hoodlum in school. Because they will tell you, Dad has a straw hat and a pair of overalls, and I will look as country bumpkin as I can going down to that school, going to take a belt to their ass in front of everybody. You want better teachers? Get control of your brats. You want better teachers? You hold your children accountable for what they're being taught in the classroom, and you reinforce it when they come home. You want better teachers? Let them teach. You want better teachers? Give them the tools to keep control of their classroom and give them the technology to teach and tell them that their teaching is not about a test, but what about that child takes with them when they move to the next grade. I, to this day, remember teachers that taught me. And it's ironic because the three teachers that I remember the most were the ones I hated the most when I was in school. Because they had high standards. But I can tell you right now that I know every preposition there is to know in the English language and can recite it in alphabetical order and backwards. All because of Miss Bragdon. And they wasn't nothing to brag on her about when we were in her class, I promise. But I took away a good fundamental English because of her. Because she was allowed to teach. And we knew if we crossed her, we were going to Mr. J's office. We we crossed Mr. J, they were calling my dad. And the the interesting thing was is that when dad would come into the school, and it didn't matter whether we were in elementary school, middle school, or high school, we could always tell the mood he was in by the jingle of his keys. And you could always hear the keys no matter where you were in the building. And so if the keys came in and they were jingle, 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 he was there to check you out or just to follow up, you know, see what's going on. He got off work early. He's coming by to say, hey. If you heard jingle, 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 well, you were probably going to need to stick some of that one-ply toilet paper from the bathroom down in your pants because he's about to turn loose on you. Okay? And growing up, it was, little Johnny has done this in class. You need to correct this to the parents standing over the teacher's desk wanting to know what they did to set off little Johnny or little Jane, however the case may be. You want good teachers? Give them a reason to teach. Which leads me into, and by the way, yes, everybody's going to get a chance to comment. Just keep your knickers. Calm down for a few minutes. This is my monologue. i got to get through it because I know we'll be going 20 different directions once I'm done. Teachers in Oklahoma, Arizona, and now Nevada, and I've just heard another group of teachers are getting ready to go on strike. The only thing that these teachers' unions, that these strikes teach people, is number one, 
that you don't have to follow through with what you're responsible for doing. Those teachers signed a contract with their school system. That contract says that they're going to teach X number of days, generally 180, anywhere between 180 to 210. <coughs> Excuse me. That they will show up in the classroom and provide instruction and tutelage for these kids. So what kind of message do you think it sends when every teacher in the state walks off the job to go to the Capitol to gripe about money that the state doesn't even give them? The state may grant more money for education, but who the hell do you think signs the paychecks? It's the county school boards and the local board of education. It's not the state. When these teachers cross over and they go picketing, it's okay to say to their students, if you don't like something that I'm doing in the classroom, you can just get up and walk out, and I'm going to have to change everything I do to accommodate you. I got news for you. In a classroom setting, when the teacher tells you to sit down and shut up, you sit down and shut up. You don't like what they're teaching, well, then you hurry up and get through that class and move on. It's their classroom. You do not have free speech in a school. You have the right to sit down, shut up, and do what the teacher tells you to do because they know more than you in most cases. So what are those teachers teaching? Those teachers are teaching that they put parents in a hell of a bind. Do you think parents were warned that they were walking off the job? No. Do you think the fact that they have no idea when some of these teachers are going back to work, what are they supposed to do with those kids during the day? It's one thing if you know you're not going to have public school and you have to create, you know, you have to work that into your schedule and your life, but it's quite another when you are under the full expectation that your children are going to be in school Monday through Friday and some bimbo that wasn't happy that she didn't get a $500 raise throughout the year walks off the job because she thinks that's going to change it. The only thing these legislatures have done is give in to blackmail. And the next time they don't like something, Oklahoma's already threatening to go back on the picket line because they didn't get all the money they wanted for the classrooms. Well, if you're not content with the money you got for your damn classroom, go out and do a bake sale like everybody else does. Go talk to your PTA or whatever it's called these days and put them to fundraising. That's what our school did. They needed something. They put the mamas to work. You want to raise money? You put some motivated mamas into doing a bake sale. You'll raise your money. And daddies in this day and age. I'm not don't think I'm laying it all out there on the mamas. So this whole this whole business of teachers raises, I'm gonna tell you, they better be glad I'm not the governor of any of these states because I tell them you got exactly twenty four hours to park your butts back in the classroom or um you're gonna be fired. And I got news for you, they're public, the governor can do that. I think it's a bunch of bullshit, to be honest that these teachers are out there protesting this. If you want to argue this point, fine, do it in the summer. You want to belabor your point, 
then give us some facts. The only facts that the Oklahoma teachers could give us is we need a raise. Okay? We'll go to the community and ask them to raise their taxes. You know what? They're not going to do it. What are you giving for your money? What are you showing by sending these students through? When your school system, and by the way, the highest one in Oklahoma has 21% proficiency. 21. Can anybody tell me, do you think a teacher deserves a raise if the cumulative effect of the students in our classroom is 21% are retaining the information? Nope. No, they don't deserve a raise. They deserve to have their ass fired and find somebody that can go in there and do their job. And I'm going to tell you another group of people that should be held accountable. The damn school boards. Every last one of them. Because school boards play a big role in this too. Because the school boards, A, select most of the superintendents. Which, by the way, superintendent of schools should be an elected position. Should not be an appointed position. It should be elected. Amen. Every school board in the nation or every superintendent in the nation should be elected. The school board should be elected as well. And they should be held accountable. The school board should be held accountable just like the principals, just like the teachers. The school board selects the principals that go over the schools. When they put them in place, they're responsible for them. Hold these principals accountable for the teachers. There is, in evaluations, a very small percentage that is held accountable, okay, both for testing and for administrative. But we need to increase it, okay? Seriously, we need to increase it. Increase the accountability all the way up the chain from the director of schools all the way down. Right now, we don't have that. When students fail tests, we blame it on the testing. We blame it on the curriculum. We blame it on everything except for what we need to be blaming it on. And much like I say when I talk about voting, if you want to know who the hell to blame it on, if you're a parent, go stand in front of the mirror. Matter of fact, go into the classroom during parent-teacher conferences, pull your little pocket mirror out, give them a side hug, and look in that mirror and say, you know what? See those faces staring back at us? That's who's responsible for all the crap going on in the public school system. Because per capita, there's more money going out per students today than there ever has been. So please tell me why it is that we have done a gigantic step backwards from 1988 to 2018. Federal government involvement. It's not just federal government involvement. I'll give that I'll give that thirty, thirty five percent weight, but it's not just that. A lot of it has to do with parents not being involved. The involvement of parents has steadily declined. Now granted, I'm gonna tell you before anybody starts jumping on the bandwagon because they're gonna say, You're always targeting parents. Yeah, I do a lot. I'm a parent. I have that right. Okay. But I'm going to tell you, the schools don't want parents involved. Okay. 
you, I can't even begin to count the number of times I have been escorted out the door because they didn't want me in there. Because parent involvement creates accountability, especially parents that are smart. Now, if you're a dumb parent and you're a sheep and you can be led around by the nose, you're right, they want you to be in there. They want you to be a classroom mom. They want you to do all this crap because you're not going to challenge the status quo. You're going to be Susie Homemaker and show up in the classroom and not question the crap that's being fed to them. All right. Now that I have officially went over on my monologue, I do apologize. All right. It's open floor. I know some of y'all waiting to chime in. I'm surprised Tammy hasn't chimed in before now. Well, did you see um, Roger Stone earlier? What about him? Well, going back to this judge, I applaud him standing up, standing ovation. He just clutched Mueller down. I think the, I think the judge, I think the judge did a good job. Yeah, I do too. Okay. I think he he put into words what a lot of people are thinking, and I think that he wanted it on the record, and I think that's going to be a big thing coming up. Yeah. Because as they produce, as they have to produce the parameters or the scope, as they call it, of this investigation, what they're going to find is that this is a wide-open, open-ended scope. Right. And the fact that they're trying to use the whole argument of, oh, it's classified, well, let me give you a little secret about federal judges, folks. Every last one of them have eyes-only clearance. (laughs) Didn't he come back and say, well, I'll be the judge of that? (laughs) That's exactly what he said. And he has every every right to do that. This is secret. We can't tell anybody. You know, he said, well, I'll be the judge of that. I mean, the fact that they're going back, they went back to Manafort to 2005. My God. Well, what they're doing. Trump was, well, first of all, they invaded, they raided his house with guns drawn. And then they post-dated the, um, the search warrant. Well, the post-dating of the search warrant can cause them problems. Yep. They, they've they got issues with this whole business. And I, I think that it's getting to the point now where Sessions is going to be forced to fire Mueller. And he's going to be forced to What they're going to tell him, what they're going to tell him is like, look, it's time to wrap it up. Keep it to... You know, keep it to the Russian collusion because there isn't any, right. and that's just the way it is. Okay, is right. there's no there's no two ways about it. It's not there. So what I tell you what really needs to happen is they need to redefine the scope and narrow it down to Russian collusion only. Yeah, I mean um, they, they gave this guy, like the judge said, unfettered power. You know and. To go in and ask for 70 blank subpoenas? Yeah. I'm so happy. 
I'm so happy. I'm so happy he told him off, you know, and put it right where it needs to be. He's butt hurt tonight. So. The, whole, uh, the whole damn system's corrupt. That's the problem. We got one judge out there out of about 150 or 2,000 of them that said, hey, hold up a minute. We got problems with our country, and and that's the problem with our school boards. They're all crooked. They're all taking them vacations. They're spending that in school money left and right. They're not helping nobody except themselves. And that's my opinion on that story. Hello? Yeah, we're here. Are you still there? Yes, sir. That's what I think. I mean, you know, I I just think the whole system's broke. And until someone goes in there and they don't have access to it. The school what? board, the school board members here in my area don't have access to the money, and they really don't make that much money. Boy, they do down here in Texas, and they and they have vacations, and they take off on spring break, and and they take the whole clan down to, uh, you know, uh, down to Mexico and stuff, and just party up and spend. You know, well, the last time they said they they spent over uh, $290,000 of school money for a damn vacation. And that was wow. the teachers in the school board. Well, and, and they, they list it as a retreat. They list yeah. it as a retreat. And yeah. that happens here, too. And that's wrong. As a matter that's of fact, the school board that's being referenced by the other caller, uh, they took a trip to Texas. What? Some took some took a trip to Texas. And they partied Not up all. down here. And that's wrong. They should be using that money for the children that need it instead of paying for this. I'm, I'm a taxpayer. I pay my property tax and everything, my house tax and all that. And, and I'm tired of paying for these these illegal aliens that can walk right across the border, get free health care, everything else, free schooling, free housing, free food, everything and I have to pay for it, but yeah, you can't help American people. You can't no. help the poor people here in America. You can't go out there and, and give them food. You can't go out there and give them clothes. They got to wear hand-me-downs to school. It's it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You they know, we got we got a problem with our whole whole whole. Uh, we got a problem with the whole damn government. It's so, just so. and Trump's right. It's it's just a big swamp. It 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 goes from the top down all the way down. So let me ask you a question. As yeah. a matter of fact, then, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. So yeah, go ahead. The first the first question would be, were I see you're from Texas, so were you a were you originally a Ted Cruz supporter? But, uh no no no. So you weren't part. So you weren't part of the Cruz crew. Okay. No. So no. my next question is. If you were president for a day and you could you could do whatever you could within that day, what would you do? I'd go in there and I'd fire everybody. I'd close the government down <laughs> tomorrow. I would shut this damn thing down. They wouldn't get a dime until they saw it my way. I don't care what they say. I don't need the money. I'd shut this damn place down until they conformed and did right and were honest respectable people, I would close all of it down. I don't care. You know, I wouldn't worry about a darn thing. And, and, and you know, I, I'm sure that they've threatened Trump and uh, 
told him, no, you're not firing these guys, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that, or we'll just kill you. And that's what they did. They do, you know. I mean, well, you know, they shot Reagan, I mean, hell, you know, and they knew it was coming. They just let it happen, you know. And, they, yeah, and Scalise, kind of they killed him, him, didn't he? You know, yeah. And they killed uh, killed all. They've killed a bunch of people. They killed Kennedy for trying to bring back the dollar. You know, you so, know he so. tried to bring back the silver. I mean, he tried. He tried. He wanted the United States dollar back. He didn't want the Federal Reserve involved. What they do? They just shot him in the head. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, yeah. you either go their way or they're going to kill you. But hell, yeah. at least go out with a blast. You know what I mean? <laughs> And the well, people, uh, prophetic the people words know. there in the case of uh, Kennedy, he did kind of go yeah. out with a blast to the head. Yeah. yeah, and it's sad. It's a sad situation. And it was all because of the damn Federal Reserve. And everybody knows that. So who do I you mean, think, so I know you've heard of the deep state. So then my question would be, who do you think's behind this? If you had to... If you had to pick a couple of people that are behind the curtain pulling the strings of the wizard of, you know, causing all the ruckus, who is it? Well, I, I would say uh, uh, the, it'd be the uh, five most powerful pe- uh, people in the world, like the Rothschilds and stuff. I would say it's uh, it's all a political hack, and they all know it, and, so, and they control everything. So you're, you know, you're putting everything back on the... You're putting everything back on the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the yeah. the five political families. Yeah, of course. Hmm. Why wouldn't I put it back on them? Well, they created this mess. I didn't tell anybody to check a damn box what color I am. Check this box. <laughs> who, who invented them boxes? Who put us all in a box? Who did that? You know, I mean... Come on now, we gotta we gotta wake up as people in America, and, and you gotta stand up. It don't matter if you're black, no. white, brown, or red. It doesn't matter. Everybody's gotta stand up and have a voice. And I do it all the time down there at my city commissions meeting and my uh, county commissions meeting. But it doesn't do no good, you know. They just look at me like I'm some kind of a nut. But that's okay. At least I speak my truth and I speak the true words out of my mouth. So are you, you know? are you one of the sovereign, do you, are you a sovereign person? Well, uh, <laughs> define sovereign, you know. I mean, really. Have I uh, claimed the name in Minnesota? Yeah, I have. Have I uh, gave fair warning to the federal courts, the district courts, and the county courts? Yeah, I've given them all fair warning under the Sovereign Immunities Act. You know, of course. But, I mean, come on now. I mean, we are the people of America. We are we are in control. But one guy can't speak for everyone. Everybody has to speak up for themselves. Do, so I, uh, the- do I demand for lawful money on, on my checks that I receive? Yes. I, I, I put it right on there. Demand for lawful money pursuant to Title 12, Section 411. Yeah, I turn my Federal Reserve notes into United States notes. So they can't double them, triple them, and and so on, and just keep building more and more debt for the people. I mean, okay. if everybody did that, it would help out. Okay, explain that to me. Uh, what section uh, twelve? Well, no, I know the section that you're referencing. Okay. 
on Title your on your paycheck. You said that you you trade in for United States notes versus Federal Reserve notes. So what's the process for doing that? You just write that on there, demand for lawful money, pursuant to Title 12, Section 411, and that turns your Federal Reserve notes into United States, United States notes, and they can't triple the money. The banks can't. It's just dormant. It, it falls underneath a dormant, a dollar-for-dollar dollar deal, and there's only so many United States notes that they're able to uh, produce. So where do you write this on? Do you write this on the Federal Reserve notes? No, I write that right on my check, my government check that I received from Social Security. And, okay, so the money that you... How are you you still going to check? I receive a benefit check for that name that I paid taxes in for years and years until I woke up and quit paying taxes. No, I understand that, but how do you receive a physical check? Uh, right from the uh, right from Missouri, from the Federal Reserve. Well, it's not from the Federal Reserve; it's from the uh, Treasury. Treasury Department. Some yeah. people still do receive checks, Tammy. Not yeah, everybody I got moved checks. over to. The... I, I I don't I don't I don't want to uh, have have a direct deposit on my uh, Social Security. You know, on my retirement fund. No. Okay. And so they always tell me that I that I need to do that, and that's going to be law. But that's only law for the people that are citizens of the United States, not for the American people. So let me ask you a question. Okay. So you get the check from the yeah. from the Treasury, and you write on their notes. What money do they hand you back? Uh, they hand me Federal Reserve notes. Back, but they're and really do you not spend federal, those federal reserve. reserve notes. They're not really federal reserve notes. If you look on the note, it'll say United States notes or it'll say federal reserve notes. There's two seals on that note. That seal that I use is the United States seal. Okay. Now, if you understand where I'm coming from, they have two seals on the note. If you just pull out a note, you'll see the two I seals. Do. I mean, I understand. I understand the thought process behind it. Okay. Um, I do know that six sovereign individuals got sent to federal prison uh, today because of uh, similar acts. Except for they put liens. They went and put liens uh, against <laughs> federal judges and stuff. I know. On the judges. Yeah. Well, they were, and they, they tried were, to take their property. So, yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that's a belief that they have, and uh, you know, if they wish to do that, I mean, that's their their wish. They can do as they wish in life. Are they going to spend the rest of their life in prison? No. Are they going to maybe uh, get reprimanded for it? Well, they already got reprimanded. Oh, they're going to prison. They each got uh, one of them got fifteen years. Uh, another one got. Seven or eight. I mean, they. They're... Have you ever heard of the Judiciary Act of uh, uh, 1781? I have, and I'm just going to tell you the people that use that act and claim claim under that act that was rescinded and is no longer valid. When was it rescinded? Under law in 1897. 1897. So that, that's not a valid that 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 argument that argument gets lost. <laughs> 
Okay. And you know, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Okay. Do you think? uh, Do you think that uh, United States citizens have the right to uh, invoke power against a common law man? Good play on words, right there. Well, do you do you believe that they have the right to do that, or do they need to find twelve jurors that are common law people? Well, and not see, citizens of the United States. That's a play on words, because it's a play on words. What do you mean it's a play? It on is words? a play on it's it's a play on words. They're can, taking, you go, can you go right out in front of the courthouse and find you twelve men and women that believe in America and that are common men? And women. I can tell you right the now, there's 12 people on no this right call. To interfere with a man's but they, may, but they may or may not be your peers. Well, see, and that, that is what he's getting That's why you get to pick your friends on the that, common That's law. what he's getting at. Yeah. But the process for jury selection, he's referencing back in the late 1700s, early 1800s, where it truly was, hey, I want you, 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 and you to serve on my jury. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that—that that is how it originally was done in in what they would have called the old west. Well, however, however, in 1897, that process was changed, and it was changed to a a lottery system because of that very reason. And a peer was more widely defined. So, you know, I, and listen, I'm not going to debate the sovereignty issue because to be honest I don't know other than the basic stuff that I know I've never bothered to go too deep into it. I'm a citizen of the United States and I have rights and that's that. Um, you know so I don't I, you know I don't spout off when law enforcement pulls me over I don't tell them that I don't recognize their authority. Okay let me let me ask you a question. Okay, you, you, do you, you believe in the Army pamphlet 27161-1? But again, okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. So what in what way are you going to utilize that? Well, it, it says right here that from all territories and municipal officer employees or otherwise have no permission to approach or address them. You know, and that's from the Department oh. of Army, and that's oh. the law of peace. Oh, come on. Barbara. Well, believe it or not, it's true. Hey. And this is Title 18, USC uh, uh, 2333, and Title 18, USC 1341 and 1342. Now, you could say that that don't work. But well, I, I, I tell you what. Can we move on at the points of this call? Okay, yeah. Hang on. Relax. Everybody calm down. Calm down. (laughs) Okay. Listen. I actually, this particular topic, I want to debate. But I generally set my shows for particular topics, and that's what we kind of stick to. So I tell you what, would you be willing to show up here on the same bat time, same bat channel next Friday, and we'll discuss this? Sure. And I will be I will be better prepared to have this discussion. Okay, that sounds that sounds like a winner. I'll be there. Ten, yeah. 10 o'clock Eastern is when we uh, when we hit the old airwaves. Feel free. 
and we'll have this discussion. Yeah, and but I, I'll I agree be... with you as far as the teachers uh, not doing their job. I mean, I wish I I could have made forty five thousand dollars a year for eight months a year, and only work eight hours a day or six hours a day. I don't know how how many hours teachers work. Well, but do they need what more they, than what they do in the classroom. A year? I don't think so. What, what they do in the classroom and what they do outside the classroom. The teachers I know. They are hard workers. I'll give them that, but there's there's so many other factors that that come into play that that we we do talk about sometimes and then sometimes we don't. But I'm not arguing the money the teachers make. What I'm arguing is that when the value behind it, when all of us clock in at our job, we have certain expectations. And we must meet certain criteria in order to keep our jobs, okay? And if we don't and we're just pushing out a lackluster product, we are not going to keep our jobs. But that's what they're doing. Unless you are a, uh, that's what I was going to say, unless you are a public servant, and then it really doesn't matter if you accomplish anything because you're still going to keep your job. And in areas that are most hard hit in the education system, mostly urban areas, they are more often than not protected by teachers' unions. And so the teachers' unions in themselves need to go, but it's, you know, everybody that's been coming to these calls since I started them know that I am anti-union all the way across the board, always have been, because I think that if a person goes in and does their job and does an effective job, why do they need a union to protect them? The only time you need a union to protect you is if you're going to be a slacker. Yeah, and, you're and then in that case, you don't deserve a job to begin with. Yeah. It's like and Comey that's now. just how I feel about it. Yeah. Save, save your dues and buy your own attorney. Yeah. So, yeah. And and because then the attorneys aren't, the unions don't look out for you. The unions look out for them. And that's the way that it's seen. All right. Anybody else got any comments on the education issue? Hey, I'm it's sure nice I'll, talking to you all. I'll just sit back and listen to you. I'm sure I would. I'm I'm uh, brain dead from doing flowers for this big wedding tomorrow. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm still awake. How how do we get uh, to the point of election for superintendent? Well, it used to be. Yeah. It used to be that way. And what they did was school boards didn't necessarily like how the elections were going. Uh, And so the school boards wanted to consolidate power a little bit and kind of have some say over who was in that chair. Because here's the thing. School boards don't like it if the superintendent doesn't have to answer to the school board. uh And when you have an elected official... He can tell the school board to go jump in the lake. Okay. Well, how do we get back? Then why would you have the school board? They report to the school board. Well, not under not under the elected system. When it was under the elected system, the school board handled the money and handled disciplinary actions that went outside the scope of the superintendent. 
basically what they did, the school boards were civil service boards is basically what they ended up being. Okay. If somebody didn't like a decision that the superintendent or director of schools made, then you appeal it up to the school board, and the school board's kind of final say. Uh, plus, they handled the budget, capital projects, et cetera, et cetera. That's exactly what they do now. But, well, with the exception of they control the superintendent, and they don't like what he does or how he goes, they get rid of him. And I, I, I like the idea of having checks and balances. I like the idea of not the school board having their job, the superintendent having his job. They're not always going to mesh, and he should be able to, he should be held accountable to the people. And the school board be held accountable for their section to the people. Two different things. But how do we get back to having elected officials? Um, You go and get it put on a ballot. On a referendum, you basically get a referendum to make the director of schools an elected position and strip the school board of their authority to do so. To yeah, the, all the good old boys we got, that ain't never going to happen. What do you mean? Well, oh, the school board can be stripped there. If, listen, that, that could definitely be, that would definitely get on a referendum there. That would get yeah. on a referendum in just about every county in this state. Mhm. Yep. And you would just you just have to follow the procedures, referendum procedures for the governor's mansion, et cetera, et cetera. So on years that the governor's election happens, there has to be a certain percentage of signatures based on the number of voters that voted in the last uh, gubernatorial election. And so you push it through. Um, And I will tell you that any referendum like that actually benefits the voter. So whoever is wanting them to be in an elected position, they automatically have the head start if they go to do that. Because remember, most people don't like the school board as it is. This would be a way to put the thumb to the school board, they believe. And so they'd vote for it just to piss off the school board. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I lived in Rutherford County, I'd push for it. Well, it's not just Rutherford County; every county. You know these these school board these school boards. Some of these school boards, and I'm not saying all, but some school boards, they put these superintendents in to be a rubber stamp. Mm-hmm. And I think you function best when you can have some debate. That is why when, you know, I've I've sat on boards before, it used to aggravate the piss out of me because I'd throw something out there expecting some debate and I'd never get it. I know y'all are going to find this hard to believe, but not every single idea I have is a gold-laden idea. No. A what? Really? I know y'all are shocked at that revelation. Thank God I'm sitting down. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll ask this question for anybody that wants to answer, and I'll throw it out there. If you could make one systemic change to the school system, and let me just go ahead and take a few things off the table. Common Core's already been removed. No Child Left Behind has been repealed, and there's plenty of money. 
take the federal government out of it. That's already done. No, it's not. Common Core is separate from the federal government. For the sake of this question, it's already done. What would you change? Future unions. I would change the uh, administration's policy on um, behavioral, uh, take the promise, take the promise thing out like they had down in Parkland. I would take that out for sure. Boy, that's that that's going to turn out to be a nasty fight right there. When, when people finally realize what's going on about sticking all that mental health crap in there and doctors' decisions and putting doctors in all the schools and all that crap. They don't give a shit. When, they don't care. When, when the parents That's find out. We have now. Excuse my French. I'm, I apologize. You can't get them to show up at those school board meeting over the Islamic books that they, they're pouring down our kids' throats for four weeks at a time when they're in the seventh grade. Well, I did get it on good authority that the reason they were unable to attend is they were out buying chocolate rabbits with their food stamps. (laughs) Too busy marching against the Second Amendment. Yeah. So, by the way, I did notice (laughs) that the police here in Tennessee gave a shout-out to the cowards of Broward and gave them a clinical on how to handle a shooter situation. And they said, here in Tennessee, we run towards the bullets. <laughs> no. Did you see that billboard that the uh, police union erected in Florida? Yes. Oh, God, that was so funny. All right. Any final comments before we move along? I've tried to stay away from the Comey business and all that stuff. That's just a rehash, and to be quite honest, I'm sick of that crap. Um, I did see where an innocent man was convicted this week. Who was that? Bill Comey's me. I'm thinking that Cliff Huxtable, he'll he'll come out of this. He will survive. He will survive. Poor feller. Maybe he needs to, you know, I'm thinking maybe he should take a couple of Quaaludes. He'll feel better. He's innocent like I'm Queen Elizabeth. Well, I'm pretty sure you're related to her. You're related to everybody else. By the way, and just so you all know, our our friend Mark has recommended that we do a half-hour comedy hour, and we do a satirical approach to the news. I'm glad to see everybody was so excited about that. Say it again. Mark suggested we do a 30-minute segment of news, but do it in a satirical-type way.
I'm glad to see that it was as received by you guys as it was by me. <laughs> All right. Any other topics that anybody wants to throw out there before we say goodnight? Oh, I heard today that Stormy Daniels is worth $4 million. Okay. So I think she's, I think she's a plant. By the DNC and Hillary. Okay. And uh, Bill Valentine was rolling off some of her movies that she made. I can't repeat them. Well, <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I, I've said this. I said this under Obama as well. Okay. Many of you have heard me say this a thousand times, that the office of the president deserves respect. Okay? And the very people that were screaming that we should respect Obama and do this and do that are the very ones that are trashing this president. And I'm going to tell you, oh yeah, I remember what I wanted to talk, cocaine Mitch. Our last topic of the evening, there is a race in the West Virginia area for the Senate. This race has become one of the nastiest GOP primaries that I've seen in a long time. Okay. And one of the Well, at least I'm, it's good to know that my mother was not the only one that had a roach living in her ear. Oh, I saw that. Isn't that, that is disgusting. Nurse, nurse, can you pull this roach from my ear? Nurse. I don't think so. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking about you. I have a, I have a better nurse. Oh. <laughs> anyway, there is a <coughs> there is a race, and the front runner that did a prison sentence and uh, former coal mogul refers to Mitch McConnell as cocaine Mitch and his. <laughs> And his China family, referring to his wife and his in-laws. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care much for Mitch McConnell. But for this guy to come out there and say that shit needs to be gone. Okay? He, he I hope, and I've, I've seen the numbers, he's in, he's the front runner He's considered the front runner, but he's actually behind by about six points. I'm hoping his attack on Mitch McConnell the other night in that debate, and he's running a television ad calling him Cocaine Mitch. Uh, I just, yeah, there's no room in politics for that stuff. I mean, that's you know, we we had to deal with that stuff, and that crap got old quick. Yep. 
live streaming. We've had the most live streamers tonight than we've had in a while, so I appreciate that. Uh, as always, we like differing opinions and differing viewpoints here, as long as you're not a moron. If you're a moron, you'll be gone. Next week, we're going to have a discussion about the sovereign people, just mainly because it's going to be an interesting conversation, and uh, I'll be glad to show them where they're wrong, because we do that here at Political Straight Talk. You have the right to be wrong here. Just remember, as you're wrong and chewing on your chocolate bunny, you bought food stamps, uh, we love all of our listeners. Remember, you've got to stand for something. you fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Thank the families of the soldiers, because they sacrifice a lot, too. And without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Also, make sure that you thank a firefighter, because that without us incredibly handsome people that run to the fire that you run out of, well, there'd be a lot more property destruction in this world. <laughs> Until next time, I'm saying this time, I am temporarily the political Batman. And this program's been brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Well, they didn't invent the chicken, just a chicken sandwich. Have a number one with a cherry Coke. No end pieces in the waffle fries. And until next Friday, have a good night, everybody. Hang on. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.